So as Lynn read to us earlier um, in that reading, uh, we referenced Abraham. Uh, and Abraham is going to be our focus um, this morning, the first bookend of our look at Guided by Obedience. For Abraham, however, it was a faith for the journey. And we want to look at how he decided to make that journey, how his faith um, was used, whether it was easy, whether it was difficult, uh, and then to take that and see if we can't apply that in our own lives. First thing I wanted to say was that, um, what are you like me? Whenever we think about having to do something big or enormous, sometimes really we need to sit down, first of all, uh, maybe have to make a cup of tea, and then wonder how we don't have to do it and try and worm our way out of it. Because sometimes things that come along that are big um, have that um, way of overwhelming us. Uh, but if I could just help uh, as we think about that, if you could focus in your head uh, three things. And yes, I know Presbyterians always focus on three things. Uh, but honestly, this was just a bit of an accident this morning. So here are the three things that we're going to have a look at. And the first thing we're, uh, what can the experiences of Abraham tell us about faith? And then we're going to look at how can understanding about faith help us on our journey? And then finally, we're going to look at how can we use this understanding to make our journey smoother? So the first thing I want to do is to get your minds thinking and in context with Abraham. To help us do that, uh, I have a little map that we can see on the screen. Now, I realize that some of the screens, it may be a wee bit small, but hopefully you can see enough of it to make out the fact uh, that uh, if you focus on the red line that's drawn, the red line represents the total distance traveled by Abraham. He started out down in the right-hand corner in Ur of the Chaldeans, and first of all, he made his way all the way up to Middle Top, uh, to Haran, before eventually heading straight down into the Promised Land. Now, anybody want to guess how far he probably traveled? Because he really traveled quite a long, long way. So I don't know whether you're imperial or metric, but he traveled over that course 3,000 kilometers Quick calculation, 1,800 miles, just in case you're wanting to do that calculation. I wonder, have you ever made a journey on foot of 1,800 miles? I made a journey just the other week. I was on holiday in Italy. It was lovely. That journey was quite a long way, but fortunately, I was in a plane with wings. It was easy to make that journey. So when, I was, when we decided to go there, there wasn't really any problem. I could realize, yeah, I can do this. This is fine. But I wonder, how would you even start to prepare to make a journey of 1,800 miles? Well, the first thing we can say is that he broke it down into little bits. And in actual fact, he made the journey in two halves, more or less. The first half was moving from Ur all the way up to Haran. And then the second half was moving from Haran down into the Promised Land. And so I suppose... That's one of the first things we can say about how God helps us to do things. He helps us to do things in the steps that we can manage. He breaks things down for us. 
We don't necessarily have to do the entire thing all at once, all at the same time. There's a level of preparation. But there's something else we want to think about uh, as well uh, as making that physical journey. And it's the way we travel. It's the way we go about it. A little picture here to show you some of the things that Abraham would have been involved with. I know that looking around here, I see lots of people who really love camping. Can you picture not only making a journey of 1,800 miles, but in actual fact, living your life permanently under canvas, as it were? Although Abraham, or Abram then, was coming from what would have been regarded as a bit of a metropolis, nonetheless, the cultural background of the people that he was coming from uh, had a degree of being nomadic. They were maybe used uh, to the take their homes up and uh, take them down again, move them, resettle. They followed their herds. They needed to move um, their sheep, their camels, uh, all that they had to better pastures depending on the seasons. So there's a degree of being used to it. Uh, you can see some of the animals uh, in the picture. So their journey was going to be focusing around what they had. But what they had didn't just emphasize how rich they were. It didn't just um, speak of the situation of power that they might, might have had in their communities. The animals that they were herding was their Tesco's. You couldn't go to Tesco's and just pop in for a, a packet of mince to make a spaghetti bolognese. What they were moving around with their houses was their very livelihood, was the resources that kept them going, kept them alive, served their lives. So Abram was moving from Ur of the Chaldeans up to Haran and then all the way down to the Promised Land and his entire world was moving as he did it. His family, his belongings, his home, and all those resources that he used to sustain himself and his family. So that's quite a, a big undertaking. I wonder, have we ever undertaken something quite as large as that? Now, undoubtedly, maybe someone has moved jobs or had to move for a job and has experienced that. And maybe we've moved nearer other family. So maybe we do have some experience of that. But the point that I want us to hold on to just at this moment is the fact that God looked after Abram as he did it. And so if God is able to look after Abram who needs to move his entire house, his entire family, his entire shopping center, then I wonder, is he able to help us make those slightly smaller journeys with slightly less impact on our day-to-day -day lives? So Abraham, we can say, maybe was prepared. We can say for pretty certain that God plans ahead to make it possible for that move. We say this because there's another aspect we want to point out. We see in the Bible, and we love this passage, Lynn read from Hebrews, and that references the fact that this was one of the great men of faith in the Bible one of the people who is always referenced for demonstrating faith. 
But how did he actually demonstrate that faith? What did that actually look like? Did he actually see God in a vision? Did God stand before him and say, you're going to do this, Abram? Now, it's interesting because in actual fact, in the Old Testament, in those passages that we read referencing Abraham, and then also, if I can just at this time supplement the Hebrews reading with Genesis. In Genesis 12, at the very very start, it says this, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. I read that to add to the layer of information we have about how Abram was prepared at that first, how God planned ahead in order to do it. So God was planning, so he had obviously spoken to Abraham in some way. We see the two uh, phrases there, the Lord had said to Abram uh, at the start and at the end of that little, passage, that little section. So the Lord had already spoken to him. So he didn't come along and say one day that you're going to do this journey, Abram, and then the next day, Abram went. There was some sort of preparation. There was some sort of uh, time between hearing that and going. But I wonder, was there also something else about that being broken up? Because at the time of leaving Ur of the Chaldeans, Abram was just uh, another member of the clan. He was obviously a very important member, but his father was alive. We see that his father, Terah, would have made that decision to go to Haran. Was Terah in on the request by God? Or did Terah just think that moving the family to a better location would suit the family's needs? Was God using Terah in that way to begin Abram's journey? Was that part of Abram's journey more him just accepting that his father had decided something and going along with it, supporting it? Is that the same as being obedient to a command? Well, I think it is the same but there is support within it. God was supporting Abraham or giving them the strength uh, by making the decision to move in that first instance something he could relate to. It was about family. He felt an obligation. He knew he could do it. The clan head, Terah, had decided, and so they were going. So the faith required to do that bit maybe wasn't as intense. It was the beginning of the faith to move that Abraham would be acknowledged as having. And so they move up to Haran. Uh, and I wonder, as he's traveling up, um, obviously they're culturally used to doing that. So the journey maybe in and of itself wasn't a problem. Uh, and they're going along and they, uh, they settle periodically and then they move on again. We're not told exactly how long it took, uh, but I'm pretty sure it probably took a while. Um, I wonder, has anybody ever tried moving a few thousand sheep uh, and a few hundred camels and all the various things that come with it? How quickly can we do that? How many do you lose? How many do you go searching for as you do it? So obviously it must have taken some time. And I would suggest that that brings us to our second thing that we can look at. Now, the fact that Abraham was asked and that God gives him a choice. There was a choice in all of this. 
we have talked about the fact that Terra made some decision to go. So Abraham's choice at that moment was, do I follow my father? Maybe we're suggesting that culturally it made it a little bit more straightforward because you just did. And after all, Abram could see Terra. Um, I wonder how God had made that initial request to Abraham and saying the Lord had said to Abraham, how had Abraham heard that? We're not going to be quite sure to know exactly how he had done that. But I think what we can certainly see is that in God asking Abram to move, he was allowing Abram to make that move and to decide to do that in layers of decisions, little decisions, one at a time, in a row, almost like a journey. What is key here is in that to be on that sentence on the screen. Abraham heard and obeyed God. God deserves to be heard and obeyed. And so each time Abraham heard something and followed, even if it was a small step, it was him being obedient to God's direction. Each time you're obedient to God's direction, even if it is a small step, God will honor you and bring you blessing. That's the deal. That's how he does it. He can split up big things into small steps. Or he can make things uh, a big thing easier to do by giving you the strength all at once. There are a variety of ways he will do that. In this case, Abraham took many steps in order to complete that task. And it took place over a period of time. But there's one thing we want to um, also throw into the mix at this point. It is the fact that within these passages that we're looking at, uh, we don't see an actual reference uh, to specifically how Abraham uh, was a man of faith at that time. All of the references to this come in the New Testament when there's interpretation applied, when there's people commenting on what the church had thought of all the patriarchs and the people who had gone before. We read Hebrews 12, but also Stephen says this in Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 7. Stephen says, when the high priest asked him, are these charges true? To this he replied, brothers and, fa and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. Leave your country and your people, God said and go to the land, I will show you. So we have this extra um, backing up of what went on, this extra interpretation of someone who obviously believed it completely, who had access to all the various traditional um, resources and the scrolls of the day. This is what Stephen believed had happened. So Stephen enforces the fact, or reinforces the fact, that God did speak to Abraham did give him some sort of a call, uh, but then encouraged him and said to him that he would show him the way, that he would guide him on this path. Therefore, Abraham's obedience was not just about obeying the big thing, but it was obeying the small steps. And each step he took, he saw God being faithful to his promise. And he knew that he could take the next step and move on to the next and the next, until eventually it was complete. And this, I think, is the key for us, which is summed up in our third point. 
And it's a simple fact that Abraham kept on obeying. It wasn't about obeying the first call. It wasn't about starting out. It was about the fact that he kept on doing it. Abraham is regarded as a friend of God by his faith because by expressing that he is a man of faith, the word faith in that context is an ongoing thing. It's a doing word. It's being described as something he kept doing and didn't give up on. If you don't remember anything else from what's been said this morning, uh, apart from wings, planes with no wings, I hope you remember this word that I'm going to leave as a summer, to summer, in summing up. If you want to pop it on. Faith is obeying one who is strong enough and faithful enough to always keep their word. Abraham made a big journey, 1,800 miles, in stages with everything that he had. But God asked him to do it. And as he did it, he could see that God was keeping his promise, taking him along a particular route. If you look at the route, you'll see that they went north simply because they were following the rivers. They needed the water for their livestock. God is not going to be unreasonable in his asks or requests of you. If you need something, your journeys are likely to follow the things that you need. All that he needs you to do is to be faithful and to be prepared to obey him and then to obey. When God sees that obedience, God knows that he has a good and faithful servant and one who is prepared to obey all that he says. So for this week, we've looked at Abram. We've looked at how he was prepared to make that great journey. And I wonder if we can take away from that Uh, We can put ourselves in Abraham's shoes or sandals uh, and ask ourselves, is there something God has asked us to do recently or in the past? Have we maybe shied away from doing it? How can we come back up to it? How can we obey that request? God's prepared it in advance for us to do. He knows what it is we need in order to achieve it. All he needs us to do is to express some of that faith uh, and obey and to do it. Amen.